Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. They do a great job. johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a great show lined up for you, including guests Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, will be joining us. Boo Mortensen will visit with find out what's new with Boo here on the Paradise Coast. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Les Government. We'll be talking about China making itself more attractive for uh, uh, the creation of IP. And Linda, my wife Linda, will be joining us as well. She writes greetings from Paradise and has some interesting insights on what's happening in the country. It is May the 11th and on this day in 1919 during the second week of May uh, the recently arrived German delegation to the Versailles Peace Conference convened in Paris after the end of the First World War poured over their copies of Treaty of Versailles drawn up in months preceding by representatives of their victorious enemies and prepared to lodge their objections to what they considered to be the unfairly harsh treatment uh, presented with a treaty on May the 7th, 1919, the German delegation was given two weeks to examine the terms and submit their official comments in writing. The Germans, who had put great faith in U.S. President Woodrow Wilson's notion of a so-called peace without victory, and had pointed to his famous 14 points as the basis upon which they sought peace in November 1918, they were greatly angered and disillusioned by the treaty. In fact, uh, the, the one comment that was made is that, you know what, uh, they could have expressed the whole thing and more simply in one clause, Germany renounces its existence, driven by French and uh, British desires to make Germany pay for the role it had played in the most devastating conflict the world had yet seen. Wilson and the other Allied representatives at the peace conference had indeed moved away from their pure peace without victory. Germany was in, uh, to lose 13% of its territory, 10% of its population, and was denied initial membership in the League of Nations, the international peacekeeping organization established by the treaty. The treaty also required Germany to pay reparations, though the actual amount ended up being less than what the French had paid for the Franco-Prussian War of the 1870-71. The real German objection to the uh, Treaty of Versailles, however, was its infamous Article 231, which forced Germany to accept sole blame for the war in order to justify the reparations. Despite much debate about the Allies among themselves and over the uh, strenuous German protests, uh, they uh, finally did uh, sign this treaty with uh, Section 231. It remained in the, uh, in the treaty. The Germans were given a deadline of June the 16th to accept their terms. This was later extended to June 23rd pressured by allies and thrown into confusion by a crisis with the Weimar government at home, the Germans gave in and accepted the term, terms on May the 23rd. It was signed on the 28th of June. Meanwhile, opposition to the treaty and its Article 231 seen as a symbol of injustice and harshness. The whole document festered with Germany as the years passed full-blown hatred slowly settled into a smoldering resentment of the treaty and its authors, a resentment that would two decades later be counted to an arguable extent among the causes of the Second World War. Well, there was no doubt about it. And of course, own Woodrow Wilson helped to orchestrate the Versailles Treaty. goes to show when uh, too much power is focused with too few people, the Versailles Treaty was a complete disaster, in my opinion. Well, the U.S. government declared a regional emergency Sunday as the largest fuel pipeline system in the United States remained largely shut down two days after major ransomware attack was detected. The Colonial Pipeline Company ships gasoline and jet fuel from the Gulf Coast of Texas to the populous East Coast through 5,500 miles of uh, pipeline. It serves 50 million consumers. The tr company says it's it was the victim of a cybersecurity attack involving ransomware, attacks that encrypt computer systems and seek to extract payments for its operators. The declaration addresses the emergency conditions, creating a need for immediate transport of gasoline, jet fuel, uh, diesel, and other refined petroleum products, and provides necessary relief, the Department of Transportation said in a statement. 
Well, these rant, this dark ransomware uh, group that did this, apparently they <laughs> were hot on their trail, and they finally said, hey, we didn't mean to create any chaos. We just want money. So we'll see how this all ends up. I suspect it'll be resolved soon, but I do know that gas lines are appearing right here in Naples. People are lining up trying to get gas and very concerned about what's happening. Well, there's no doubt that the United States has undercounted this number of deaths from COVID-19, which now stand at over 581,000, President Joe Biden's top medical advisor said. Who would that be? Well, that's, of course, Anthony Fauci. He's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said on NBC's Meet the Press that a University of Washington analysis published May the 6th that the true toll is probably over 900,000. It's a bit more than I would have thought. Oh, really? What happened to the published information from the CDC saying that only 6% of the reported deaths are actually from COVID-19 as opposed to with COVID-19? What's he selling? Fauci doesn't have any science behind what he says. He just spouts off. And I tell you what, we're going to find out uh, that uh, he's been involved with China in this, uh, this debacle. I think things are going to come to, we're going to find out that Fauci is, <laughs> he's certainly not a good guy. He's certainly not giving us good information with, with regard to public health. With the U.S. vaccination pace slowing, Fauci said he's using trust, trusted messengers with an important way to overcome the hesitancy in some communities and get the nation closer to 80% vaccination rate. It could be sports figures, it could be entertainment figures, it could be the clergy, or it could be your family doctor, he said. Well, he, he's got the Pope and everybody else trying to uh, pitch this stuff. And uh, by the way, you can get the, uh, you can get the vaccine now at uh, pharmacies. Uh, as, as eligibility has increased and immunization rates have slowed, retail giants and pharmacies across the Florida and the U.S. are rolling out new walk-in initiatives to get residents inoculated. Participating retailers include Publix, CVS, Walgreens, Sam's Club, Winn-Dixie, and Walmart. Those interested in receiving the vaccine can walk in without a scheduling an appointment. They're pretty, they're trying to push this stuff. Uh... Some, do you remember the letters to the editor just a few weeks ago? People were saying, what's going on? I can't get vaccinated. Now the, uh, there's about 24% of the population say that, you know what? We have no interest in taking that stuff. I wish, the, uh, I wish there were more therapeutics. There are therapeutics that could be available. But again, I just really have suspicious thoughts about how the CDC is handling this whole thing. And, and, and Fauci. Well, back on November the 30th, Maricopa County election witness Jan Bryant testified before the Arizona legislature. I recall watching it. She had a strong project management background. She could not believe what she witnessed during the 2020 election at Maricopa County. Uh, Jan said that back on November the 30th that Maricopa County did not run the election. The officials didn't run the election. Dominion employees John and Bruce did, she said. Jan's testimony might explain why Maricopa County officials do not have the administrative passwords or access to the voting machines. Jan also testified under oath that county staff, not even IT staff, were allowed access to the voting machines and that she witnessed Dominion employees with a laptop computer in the counting room. She worked six days at the MCTEC, has as, uh, an MBA and project management background in technology. And here's the, here's the testimony. She said, and back to my opening, I want to tell you that I do have a pretty strong project management technology background. This is not, I would say, everybody raves about how we'll run and how tight this room is and what we're working in. It was the tabulation center, you know, the glass wall and all the servers in the glass room. All the computers are on a single cable that you can see. None of this matters because of two things. One, Dominion employees were the only ones that were running any of the equipment, so I'm a uh, uh, I was in a tabulation center, six day, different days, days and night shifts, and no county employees, no IT people, no one else was touching anything of the software. They, the Dominion folks, did all the training for the adjudicators. They ran all the reports, and so I brought this up on my first day in the room. I said, this doesn't even seem right. As a person with my background, never in a million years would I turn my company's most important things over to someone else. And there's only two guys, and that's Dominion's Bruce and John, and they had the whole control of everything. I also participated in 
2% random ballot selection for the hand audit, picking the ballot, you know, determining which bins they were going to select. And even with that, Dominion ran the report for it, which, uh, which bins to pull. So no one, I mean, they, Dominion, knew exactly what was in the hand audit boxes. They made me nervous also, and they knew uh, when they pulled the last box, which one was probably eight days before they quit counting ballots. As a senior manager over projects, never in a million years would I have allowed someone to go uh, go there. So uh, you can see she testified back in November. This is November the 30th. And now this testimony, which was, by the way, under, under oath, this testimony is going to become very important now when this audit continues. And uh, we're going to find out that uh, it's really putting, I think, Dominion in a real corner. They'd better come up with those uh, passwords. Very interesting stuff. By the way, uh, there's going to be another election audit. It's going to take place in Michigan, and uh, the dominoes are starting to fall. This is a good thing. There was so much fraud in this election. We will soon find out in a matter of months that it should be President Trump, not President Biden. The segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. That uh, commercial from St. Matthew's House reminds me about the importance of Lulubee's Diner. In the scheme of things, there now is a Lulubee's Kitchen at uh, St. Matthew's House. It's a business that they run to uh, fund their operations, and in large part uh, because of uh, Lulubee's Diner. Lulabee's Diner is a great place to have breakfast or lunch, and I hope you'll visit them at the uh, Green Tree Shopping Center. Lulabee's Diner, great for breakfast or lunch. This segment of the show brought to you by the uh, Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work, kind of going against the tide of the Biden administration. But nevertheless, uh, I'm proud to be on the board, and I hope you check it out, vfga.org. 
Uh, by the way, uh, there was some question about whether Antrim County was to be uh, adjudicated and have an audit. Well, now this uh, judge has decided that the, that's Kevin Elsenheimer has uh, decided to go ahead and allow the, the audit to continue. So, again, this is all good news. Well, in case you still believe that Attorney General Bill Barr was one of the good guys, guess again. He was a pretender, and he turned a blind eye to the lawlessness of the deep state. He failed to indict a single criminal in the deep state after they spied on Trump campaign and Trump administration. He did nothing as good men and innocent men were ruined by the deep state. He did nothing to punish the coup plotters who worked for four years straight to take out President Trump. Barr did nothing as Democrats stole the 2020 election at, uh, in state after state. The Business Insider reported... Last spring, when President Trump was uh, considering firing FBI Director Chris Wray, Attorney General Bill Barr threatened to resign in protest, a person briefed on the deliberation said. The person uh, said Barr went to the White House for a meeting and was introduced to Bill Ivania, a top counterintelligence official in the Trump administration who had previously worked for the FBI. When Barr realized that he was being suggested as a replacement for Wray, he left the room. And then when he was told of the plotting, Barr threatened to resign in protest, according to the person briefed on the deliberations. Bill Barr, he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Very disappointing. And whatever happened to this, the, the report that was supposed to come out, nothing's happened as, you know, I think basically Bill Barr served under uh, President Bush. And um, in my opinion, he, his loyalties were to the Bush family, and of course, they do not like President Trump. So perhaps he was there serving as our attorney general, but not really serving the, the uh, president's interests. In fact, serving against the president's interests. That's sad. Bill Barr, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, here's a boycott alert. Leaked internal documents from the Disney Corporation show an insane level of far-left extremist policies and a plan to take a stand and stop shying away from political controversies. In one example of extremism being pushed on their employees, Disney said that white people are forbidden from questioning or debating their black peers about their lived experience or lived experiences. This has just uh, gone a step too far for, for me. I'm going to avoid... Uh, uh, in any way patronizing uh, the Disney companies, it's, uh, and including their, their uh, movies and all the other things. And I hope you will, too. This is just the color of your skin really determines how you're treated. I don't think so. Remember, it was uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. who said that I will look forward to the day when uh, my kids are judged not on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. We were there. Now we're moving away, thanks to this administration and the politics involved, all this uh, race, racism and all the identity politics. So who's Michael Doherty? He's the man who fought the deep state for a decade, and he won. In 2008, he was running his medical lab company in Georgia, minding his own business when he got a phone call saying his patents data had been found available on the Internet, a violation of federal law. The software firm on the other end of the phone called demanding money to fix the problem. To make a long story short, Doherty fought back, didn't give up, wrote a book about his experience, and over a decade later discovered it was the FBI who had given powerful surveillance software to Traversa, uh, who then hacked his computers and demanded payment to make it go away. In short, the fast and furious cybersecurity, Traversa, uh, pulled this charade again and again with hundreds of organizations, yet the Federal Trade Commission came after Darty rather than Traversa, demanded he admit that he ran the company with shoddy data security practices, that he wouldn't play ball, Darty wouldn't play ball, blowing the whistle on the corruption. So the FTC came at him hard with years of relentless investigation and litigation. The FBI and the FTC uh, covered up extortion racket, uh, the extortion racket created, executed cover up by good old Uncle Sam. His business, Lab MD, had treated over 700,000 ca cancer patients, was destroyed. Dirty eventually prevailed in court and is starting to sue the pants off everyone involved. Now in this season of election fraud and government duplicity, Darty wants to force election integrity in the Peach State, filing a Trojan horse case that is making its way through the legal system. The cabal 
is so worried about his filing that it has parachuted Perkins Coie in a, into Georgia to once again make it all go away. Doherty is also the founder of the Justice Society, an entity in Atlanta with the mandate to end persecution through process by training Davids to defeat Goliaths. The Justice Society is taking up the challenge. So Doherty versus Rathersburg is the only existing case that could change the outcome of the 2020 national elections by challenging an invalid uh, the GA, uh, Georgia U.S. Senate races, said Doherty's legal team. The case alleges the runoff elections for Georgia and the Senate seats was certified in February of this year, was illegally executed on many levels and so does not accurately reflect the will of Georgia voters. That's pretty exciting information, isn't it? The lawsuit calls for a new election based on paper ballots as provided by Georgia law. I hope this guy prevails. Wouldn't that be exciting? I quite frankly do think that the Georgia Senate election was improper, and in fact, I think that one of the senators actually won in the general election on November the 3rd. This guy's a tough guy. He's going to uh, win. Uh, he's going to win a lot of lawsuits that I hope, including this one. So interesting. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new refreshing social networking platform. I hope you check it out by visiting choicesocial.us. Choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seat Motley, president and founder of uh, Less Government. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, how are you doing? I am doing well. Every day that I live in Florida, I am doing exceptionally well. Isn't that the case? I'm so grateful. <laughs> I saw something on Facebook. Somebody wrote, you know, uh, please, we're, we're uh, struggling here in Canada. Please send Governor DeSantis. <laughs> no, we don't want to give him up. No. That's what I wanted to tell you, is that I was over in Fort Lauderdale last weekend babysitting the kids. And my son and his wife went to the air show, you know, where the Blue Angels fly, and yeah. they do all that. It's so cool. There are tens and 
tens of thousands of people there. It is a mob scene. And there were so many hats and so many flags that said, DeSantis, 2024, huh. make America Florida. <laughs> well, I don't know that he has. Have you any- seen that? No, I've not seen that, but I know there's a lot of interest. He certainly is in the discussion. Uh, but uh, I think he has an, uh, an intent to run for governor again, and I think his his time to become president might be in 2028. What do you think? You know what? The longer he stays here, the better. Let's yeah. keep him. I, I don't want the. I don't want to share him. I, he's doing such a good job here. Um, you know, he signed that mask mandate that said, "If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Yeah. If you don't want to, right. you don't have to." Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. He has he makes great great decisions. His his judgment is impeccable. He does his own research. It doesn't count on the CDC or anybody else. Uh, no, I, I read a story of one uh, immune, immunologist. Probably said that wrong. Anyhow, uh, who said that he had a, an extensive interview with DeSantis, and he said he knows more about this disease and public health than most public health officials that he's talked to. Isn't that interesting? I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Okay, now, on a different note, did you know that in 11 weeks, 11 weeks, which is a blink of an eye, Mm -hmm. the Summer Olympics in Japan will start? I had no idea. Neither did I. I had to read it two or three times. And 70% of the Japanese population does not want the Olympics to happen because of COVID. Huh. You know what? Uh, I mean, do you think it'll happen? Do you think they'll cancel it? I don't know. You know, we're, our experience down here, did you know on the front page, Linda brought in the uh, paper today just before the show, it, the, on the front page of the Naples Daily News, it says uh, cases drop per, uh, precipitously here, something to that effect here in uh, on the Paradise Coast. So we're not, you know, not really having a problem with COVID here. Now you read about what's happening in India and other places in the United States, and I don't know what, you know, it's hard to figure out what's going on. Well, you know, India is, India is its own bag of worms. I, I don't know how you get any, I don't know how they do anything in India, to tell you the truth. I've been there, and oh my goodness, if I had one word to describe India, it would be chaotic. Let me, uh, one observation that I have is I think there's a, a natural social distancing uh, that different societies and cultures have. For example, when somebody gets too close when they're talking to you, I, I, to me, I feel uncomfortable. And I think there is a Yeah, natu- they get in your personal space. Get in our space, that's right. I think uh, in some societies, personal space is limited, almost non-existence. I'm guessing that India is one of those places. Could you, what do you if think? you did have one personal space, good luck. Yeah. Well, so and the reason I'm saying that is that because I think it may contribute to spreading uh, the uh, coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, too. It's just it spreads like wildfire. Yeah. I, I don't know how they, I don't know how you get a handle on that. I really don't. Um, it's a mess. You know, it's a mess in a lot of third world countries. So you asked the question, do I think they're going to cancel uh, the Olympics? And my response is, you know, right here, uh, if they hadn't the experience we're having, I certainly would not. But I don't know what's going on over in, in Japan. How, how's the, uh, how's the uh, pandemic going over there? I think it's going pretty, I think it's going fine. I mean, they're, you know, the Japanese are always used to wearing masks. So, you know, this is not a, a new experience for them. And they're, plus they're more of an, I don't know what would be the word, obedient. Yeah. You know, they kind of fall into line better than people that, do over here. It's true. So maybe, I don't know. I think that what they're, I, what I did read is that they want to give every athlete, every athlete has to be vaccinated. Uh-huh. That's kind of the game plan. Um, but, you know, there's so many other people at an Olympics that, are above and beyond, you know, the coaches, the teams, the, the support staff. I don't know. I, I think it's going to go on. I haven't heard that it's canceled. I haven't heard about that rule either. I would, you know, I just don't think, I think uh, they sh- people should, uh, maybe they do the social distancing and mask things when you're not competing, you know, all those types of things. I don't see demanding that people get vaccinated what what if they've already had the disease what if they've already had covid you know they've that they're already immune 
uh, and probably safer than if they got vaccinated again. How, yeah, how many people do Yeah, you- and you know, you start to talk even here about, well, you have to be vaccinated to get on, on uh, cruise ships, got to get vaccinated to fly. You've got, if you're vaccinated, then you can come to this concert. You know, you're starting to hear more and more like that, that sort of uh, government interference in our lives. And I'll tell you, that scares the living yeah, me daylights too. out of me. Yeah, me too. We're scheduled to go on a comp- uh, cruise in January. Uh, one that well, we really enjoy, but uh, we already sent a letter saying, you know, if you're going to demand vaccinations, send our money back. We're not going. Oh, did you get a response? Not yet. I suspect they're sitting on. I'm. I'm sure they're they're waiting to see how other people respond. You know, uh, and it may be, for example, that if they find out that most people are vaccinated, they may let us go. Uh, you know, I'm sure they don't want to lose the business. But uh, you know what? Uh, if if the if the rules are in order to travel, uh, you have to be vaccinated. I'm not traveling. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I it, it's just too punitive. I mean, I I can't believe that our country would allow that to happen. I think there are certain states that would love to pass something like that. Absolutely. But I hope overall, it's it's such a violation of human rights. I mean, if you don't want to get vaccinated. Don't. Yeah. So Fauci said he thinks that the numbers are have been underreported in terms of COVID. He thinks there's been 900,000 deaths. <laughs> he's, so he's peddling this. He's he's a feel mon- uh, uh, fear monger. He's just peddling fear. And, uh, of course, yeah. there was a t- statistic. I said this earlier in the show. Statistic that uh, by the CDC that uh, only 6% of the cases of, of the deaths uh, were caused by COVID nineteen. The rest are, are cases with COVID nineteen. So there could be comorbidities like heart attacks and other things. That oh, sure. Went on. We have two friends that died. That it was written that they died of of uh, of uh, the virus, and they did not. Yeah. Oh, there's so much. Did they have the virus? Yes, but they had pre existing serious complications prior to that so boo i mean the, that's what they, no. the, the government is uh paying an extra nine thousand dollars for funeral expenses if the people died with covid19 and they're going back to take a look at the death certificates what do you think is happening here it's, it's a fraud it's a yep. complete fraud it's unbelievable i know i know it's it's sad you know i think there's a i, I want to bring up another thing we probably don't have time but we can talk about it next time you talk about waste and personal waste and, you know, drinking all the water out of plastic bottles, trying to cut back, yeah. trying to recycle, reuse things. And I'm, I'm in favor of that. I like that idea. Yeah. I like that movement. You know, one of the worst abusers of, of waste is the, uh, the fashion industry, our clothes. Do you know that we throw out, we throw out. Per person in the world, 70 pounds of clothing a year. 70 pounds. Why would you throw out the clothing? I guess you could wear it out. Well, you know, hey, talk to Linda about that. You know, you purge your closet. A lot of times you don't give it to, like, say, Goodwill. You just throw it out. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, it gets old. It shrinks. It's, you know, you rip. I mean, there's tons of reasons. For women, are you kidding me? Yeah. We don't even, we can like it. to still have the tags on and we get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, we make a trip to St. Matthew's house and make donations. That's uh, kind of how we dispose of our stuff. I don't, uh, Linda's, everything is uh, lightly or gently used. <laughs> she doesn't wear anything out. So uh, Nobody it, does it this, at our age. We don't, yeah. but we continue to buy and we have a ton of school. My point is, is that they say that 10% of all human carbon emissions, 10% is a result of the fashion production. Wow. 80% of it, of all the textiles, goes into a dump. So what I'm saying is, think recycling more. I you know, I, I'm, it bothers me to drink water out of a plastic bottle yeah. and then throw the plastic. Does it bother you? It, for me, it bothers me. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's you know, so much plastic. I mean, it's dumped in the ocean. and you know, we're gonna, There's going to be a price yes. to be paid for that sooner or later. It's, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Hey, you're taking personal responsibility. I like that. That's cool. I know. If you get if you have a water bottle, 
reuse it. Fill it up with water over and over again to get in the refrigerator. Well, in fact, the same. Uh, it's funny. Uh, we just made the decision to not uh, use plastic bottles, only uh, glass bottles is what we're uh, using and drinking out of now. So, Boo Mordson, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always interesting. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. All right. Have a great day. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Listen to the Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. I proudly served as the board president uh, for chairman for 15 years, and it's a great organization. I hope you'll visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with my wife, Linda. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist in a society scope and sphere of influence. The government and lumber is eighty thousand dollars a foot. <laughs> yes. What do you make of what's going on with inflation here? Uh, it's just it's it's you know I heard a statistic in multiple places. And I haven't locked it down one hundred percent, but I've heard it from enough places I trust that I think it's true. One in four U.S. dollars currently in circulation were printed in the last twelve months. My goodness. So that's that's what you're seeing. One in four. One in four. And so, yeah, obviously you, you, obviously, the stock market likes it because the government prints it and hands it to them. Yeah. And, and, and of course, because the economy is so bad, there's nowhere else to put your money, so the stock market likes that. So remember when Republicans are in, in the White House and the stock market does well, it's, it's, an, it's an irrelevant measure of the economy. Right. But when Democrats are in and the only thing going well is the stock market, then the economy's fine. You know, you are reminding me, though, that where there is a natural process, so we do take our money and burn it, and we get rid of it uh, in a controlled way periodically. I don't think it's up to one out of four dollars, though. No. Yeah, that's amazing statistics. That, that's why we're having these inflationary things. That's why you know. Yeah. That's why gas was going through the roof before we completely ran out with the hack. <laughs> um, yeah. Everything's going up. Lumber's the the far and away. I saw three hundred eighty eight percent or something. Yeah, like that's going to drive up housing um, prices. Be- Becky Quick on CNBC, the, the one of the hosts, the hostess said she got, her neighbors got a quote for a deck two months ago and now, and it doubled. <laughs> 
yeah. for, no, the, yeah. for the same size deck. Wow. So you wrote a column, uh, China makes itself more attractive for IP, not so much for the U.S. Maybe you could tell us about it. Well, yeah, it's, this is, again, what we're talking about here, is we're driving intellectual property creation out of the United States, and we're doing it in every conceivable way we possibly can. Um, you know, this goes back, this, this started under the Obama administration. Uh, you can say this is Obama 3.0 or Carter 2.0 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the gas lines, anyway, for Carter. Um, but, you know, the Republicans helped uh, with the America Invents Act in 2012, which was a body blow to patent creation in the United States. Um, we've had multiple court rulings, the latest being Google versus Oracle uh, at the Supreme Court, where... Oracle, I mean, uh, Google stole 11,330 lines of code from Oracle and claimed fair use, which is a 1976 law written for, for, for human language, not computer language, because how much public computer language was there in 1976, Bob? Not a lot. Not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. And they applied the law unconstitutionally, irrelevantly, to... Uh, computer code and said, yes, it's fair use. 11,330 lines of code is fair use of the code. And, of course, fair use is if I quote Bob Harden a sentence or two to make a news point or to make a commentary point, that's fair use. No one's walking around going, as as Oracle's Java said, 100100. So that was a ridiculous ruling that undermines the entire concept of intellectual property of all sorts, patent, copyright, and... Well, not trademark to a degree. Trademark's Coca-Cola and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it undermines all the creative stuff in the information economy, certainly, the copyrights and the patents. Um, meanwhile, China, when it's not stealing other people's intellectual property after the fact, is trying to steal it, its creation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's saying, if you move here... We'll, you know, we'll do what we do with manufacturing. We'll, we'll bribe you, and we'll tear up your competitors' imports, and we'll limit your competitors' imports, and we'll subsidize the crap out of you, just like we did with U.S. manufacturing. Hmm. So while we're driving it out, China's giving it a place to go. Hmm. They're smart people. <laughs> well, yeah, they're very smart. They're, they're evil, but yeah, not all of them, but the leadership, of certainly the communist leadership is evil, but they're very smart about it, yes. I, mean, I would say, unfortunately on par, smarter than the Russians were yeah. as, as leaders of the Soviet Union. You know, we don't, they uh, call themselves the Chinese Communist Party, but they're anything but. I mean, they are tyrants. They rule with an iron fist, but they, they basically allow very controlled... It's fascism. Yeah, it's fascism, and that's exactly right. But I, 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 A guy I like, a writer I like, who's the only podcast, his name's John Darbyshire, and he's, he's lived in China for periods of his life and he's married to a Chinese immigrant and he was before he decided to go to China the first time way back in the 70s he's in his 70s uh, he took a class a Mandarin class and the teacher was there and he, he the question he asked him was this is like in 1972-73 he said if you were going to describe the Chinese government using a US or a, or, or a movie what would you use and the Professor immediately shot back the Godfather. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's pretty he said accurate. the government is the guy is the is the Corleone family. Yeah. that's what it is. Uh, what I meant to point out is that they basically support free or I'm going to controlled free markets in a way. In other words, they want well they 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 set, they allow free they, free market to a certain extent for their friends. Right. Exactly. Which is why the way where we're headed, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's Amazon, you know, Amazon, Facebook, and Google. You're good to go if you run a small business of 80 people that sells something Amazon competes with. Well, guess what? You've had a year and a half pandemic. Now. Yeah, back to your your case of Oracle versus Google. I mean, it's unbelievable that uh, the Supreme Court would make that decision. Although uh, there was an eight to one decision about uh, uh, someone distributing Christian pamphlets in a, in a university. The Supreme Court supported he could do it, and uh, he could do it anywhere on campus, uh, express himself, and have free speech. But with one dissenting vote, who was it? Roberts, if you can believe yeah. it. Unbelievable. Yeah. This guy is, I wonder if he's even read the Constitution. Uh, it, uh, you know, he was supposed to be the benchmark Bush appointee to the, to the Supreme Court. And listen, routinely, uh, and, you know, it's too early to say on, on Coney Barrett because... 
She hasn't been there that long. But Gorsuch and uh, and uh, Kavanaugh have made crazy rulings. Yeah, yeah. The, the two of the three Trump appointees. Yeah. Um, we just weren't very good at picking them. <laughs> you know, the, the the media tries to say, oh, well, they're the Federalist Society, and they they give them hard hard line right wing judges. Really, where are they? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, it makes I me wonder. It, it makes me wonder if perhaps the Peter principle starts to set in <laughs> with these appointments. They did okay before in their previous work, but they they're just not up to the task. Well, but but you know, you would think in a job like that, you have a set of principles, yeah. and they wouldn't mutate when you get a promotion. Right. You know what I mean? Your whole job is principles. That's your job. Judge, a judge is applying his life, his worldview, and his principles to decisions made in the real world. And you would think that a man in his 60s or 50s who gets promoted to the, you know, from one level of the job to the next, that doesn't change, but apparently it does. Yeah, you know, to me, uh, it's just crazy. That, I guess the older I'm getting, the more cynical I become. So it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think I know, I'm, I know I'm younger than you, and I've, I've been cynical since I was 17, <laughs> so don't worry about it. All right, Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you visit the website, lessgovernment.org, and, of course, on Facebook, uh, visit Less Government. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with my wife, Linda. She is always a source of a fountain of good information. Uh, she writes, uh, greetings from paradise. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show where we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harton. She is my wife. I'm so grateful for her. And uh, she does a great commentary. She writes uh, Greetings from Paradise. You can find that on the pull-down tab on my website, uh, her past creations. Uh, but she always has, always has interesting information, not only what's happening here on the Paradise Coast, but across the country. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm awake and functioning. All right. Hey, there's a lot of news. It's kind of breaking news on a lot of fronts. It's great to see uh, the uh, uh, the uh, 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 audit going forward in Maricopa County. Now they've made a decision to have one in Michigan. Uh, which is pretty exciting. And now we're starting to see something brew with, with regard to gain of function and uh, Dr. Fauci. I'm still not sure what gain of function means. However, 
I know that Fauci's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. And and there's there doesn't there doesn't seem to be uh, anyone in Fauci's camp who's defending him at this point. Is that right? So, uh, from my standpoint, what I think I understand, and I'm not no expert about this, but I think a gain of function is basically uh, human intervention in a disease like a virus to make it mutate uh, from animal to animal, and from uh, in other words, make it so that it, it can be transferred and, and to changed. kill people. To kill people, it's a, it, it 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 becomes a weapon. Actually, well, the whole interesting thing about Fauci's um, connection with this, and NIH's connection with the Wuhan lab mm-hmm. in China was, guess what? Our tax dollars yeah. went to fund it. So as I understand it, uh, Fauci worked for this uh, Center for Disease Control and the uh, NI- NIH, and basically there was a law against this uh, uh, process, um, gain of function, and in 2017, but to Fauci, there was a loophole saying unless there's some sort of emergency or world pandemic or something. So uh, Fauci actually took U.S. dollars uh, in his role and invested it in the Wuhan lab, millions of dollars as I understand it. And uh, the consequence is that he is, he's participated in this uh, gain-of-function weaponizing of, uh, of the virus. It's it's very scary. I mean, it's it's like the worst um, horror story you could ever possibly. You can't make this stuff up. In other words, right. this is this is this is a science fiction movie living out in real life. Right, and uh, so it makes you question. Well, what are Fauci's motives? And then he says, "Money." Yeah, he says nine hundred nine hundred thousand deaths because of COVID nineteen. The number's too low. It's not five hundred eighty-two thousand. But then, and you pointed this out to me, the CDC said in, in small print in its website, only 6% of the cases are actually from COVID-19. Well, sure. Fauci, Fauci is, I, somebody needs to tell him that he's, he's losing all cre- credibility every time he opens his mouth because he keeps moving the goalposts on this stuff. Right. When, when people are, just on the headlines of the Naples Daily News this morning was, um, coronavirus cases plummeting in Florida. Well, guess what? Uh, the mandates have been off. Uh, DeSantis opened up the state a long time ago, and they can't explain. They can't explain the. They can't explain the numbers going down. So he's got to keep moving the goalposts to make to try to put more fear back into the population. So they'll say, "Oh wait, we're living. That yeah. can't be right." Yeah, Fauci says. Uh, it, Masks may be here forever. We may have to wear them seasonally or something to that effect. You know what? I told people this a year ago, last March. A year ago, March, when when people were, were walking up and down Bay Colony Drive saying, oh, this is so scary, we've got a mask up. I said, guess what? This is the biggest hoax ever perpetuated on humanity. Yeah. And And you know why? You know why I said that? Because as much as the, the media tried to say this was horrible and horrible, you didn't see people dropping in the streets. You didn't no. see ambulances going up and down. And this is proven true. They attach every single illness, flu case, anything, and they put they attached it to COVID. COVID-19. So here's the thing. I mean, it, uh, and again, I'm very suspicious here because I, we should have many, many uh, therapeutics for, for uh, the disease, for, for the vaccine. Well, oh, by the way, there's blood on Fauci's hands, too, because guess what? He downplayed hydroxychloroquine yeah. from the get-go. And that has been, what's it been proven in, in Africa that you can buy hydroxychloroquine over the counter for pennies, right. and it clears up everything. Right. So, uh, again, I have my suspicions. Why they're pushing the vaccines and they're, they're limiting the uh, uh, therapeutics, and the, then, then, and then, the vaccines are experimental. And the it, it, and the result, quite frankly, is that there's such a small percentage of people that ended up hospitalized. It's mainly people in uh, older ages and have a, pre-existing conditions, um, obese people, mm-hmm. di- people with diabetes, and and guess what? Guess what's plummeted this last year since COVID reared its ugly here, head? Flu. Yeah. There's, but there's like virtually no flu cases. How, yeah. do, how, is, how does that make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. I, I, oh, the whole thing is so suspicious. What's the agenda here? What are they trying to accomplish? I think it has, it makes me wonder if it's not part of this uh, globalization, globalization Bill thing. Bill Gates. Uh, reducing our, uh, uh, trying to divide us, uh, make us a less robust society, uh, help close small businesses, doing all kinds of things. Well, that, it, it's, it's, 
it's clearly that plus um, trying to push socialism down our throat, making making uh, people um, ever more dependent on government. Yeah. Which is which is, I mean, and and you know what the beauty of all this is turning out to be to be people are just not having it. They are waking up, they're getting angry, and they're going, screw you, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, of course, uh, we run in a kind of conservative crowd, but that's basically how all of our friends think. I wonder how what people are thinking around the Beltway and, and more uh, progressive areas of, uh, of the United States. I wonder if they're seeing that too. Listen, I, I remember, remember when, before I was banned from Twitter, and I used to watch, um, uh, follow Aubrey Huff. Yeah. Uh, the baseball player He's, on Twitter, and he was um, colorful with his language, to say the to least. To say the least. But you know what he's saying? I uh, Somebody posted um, uh, a quote from him, a little video from him on, uh, I don't know if it was Telegram or Gab the other day, but, but Aubrey Huff, still colorful, is saying, look, I'm in Southern California, I'm in San Diego, I'm going in grocery stores and without a mask, and no one is confronting me. I'm living my life, and there are plenty of other people. People are just saying, uh-uh, we're yeah. not doing this. And you know what? Even our friend Kayleen uh, said, um, the businesses are not paying any attention to uh, Gavin Newsom. They're just opening. Yeah. So so it's it's not just us. Well, let's see. Here's the thing. I, I truly do believe that uh, the character and the content of... Uh, of the of Americans is basically to be suspicious of government. Uh, you know that's why I have two hundred what is it two hundred forty four hundred fifty million guns in the United States for three hundred thirty one citizen, million citizens. I guess my point is this that the, most people are suspicious of the government and most people are not going to go along with. This, I suspect. I think uh, I'm waiting for twenty twenty two to see uh, perhaps the Republicans take over the House and maybe the Senate. But in addition to that, there's a lot of lawsuits going right now. It makes me wonder if perhaps uh, this presidential election might be overturned. I just don't. I just am not waiting for 2022. I think with every passing day, with this, with this audit going on in um, Arizona, with this thing going on in Michigan, and the, and not only um, Democrats, but um, skanky Republicans, the rhinos who are have been. Um, benefiting by this election uh, going the way it did, are running scared. They don't want these votes because guess what? They're hiding something. The best thing, the one thing I want to say before you, before you kick me off is the one, it's been so amazing to watch these, um, these audits because remember when, when Rudy Giuliani was going around and, and doing all these things to overturn, to, to make people aware of what happened with the election? Yeah. And the Dominion um, server company said, oh, Wait, our servers, our our, uh, our voting machines are not attached to the internet. That can't be. And all of a sudden, words are jumping into the vocabulary now, like router, server. Yeah. Excuse me, but if 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 you have a router and a server, that has to do with the internet. And of course, so let's just uh, mention Mike Lindell. <laughs> He's got the machines. The armor-piercing weapon, Mike Lindell. He's unbelievable. And uh, if you haven't seen. What is I guess his new website is called uh, Frank Frank Speech. Frank Speech. Frankspeech.com. Frankspeech.com. Check it out. He's got a couple of great videos. Well, and and Lindell TV. He's got his own little network going on too. And and uh, he's he's done all these um, videos, um, absolute proof, whatever. And the next one coming out is called Absolute Cover Up. Absolute Cover Up. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. I kind of understand where you're coming from because we talk about this stuff a lot, but it was great to have you on the show. By the way, um, just jumping back to Fauci real quick, Tucker Carlson was awesome last night. Awesome, because he blew up Fauci just like Peter Navarro has been doing on Bannon. Tucker Carlson was great. Yeah. I hope he continues to do it. I do too. Say uh, last last word. Aubrey Huff. He is really. <laughs> he was a great baseball player. He played for the for the uh, Boston Red Sox when they won the World Series. <laughs> but uh, you found it. Where'd you find him on? Uh, well, I I didn't find him. It, it, somebody posted his little video about opening up and California opening up on on either Gab or. Um, or Telegram, but it was great. And Tim Tebow signed for one year with the Jaguars. Isn't, Isn't that, that something? Cool? It's unbelievable. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. 
You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, join us tomorrow. We're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and the author of so many great books. Uh, we'll look forward to have Larry on the show as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs>